Welcome to Explore, Teach, Conserve, or the ETC podcast by the University of Minnesota Extension, where we talk with people about exploring, making discoveries, and solving problems to better manage our natural resources, and we share ideas to help you learn more and get involved. This is an older episode from when we used a different title, The Naturalist, but the conversation and ideas are still fresh. If you enjoy it, we hope you'll subscribe and listen to more episodes of Explore, Teach, Conserve, or the ETC. Hi, I'm Santiago from U of M Extension, and this is The Naturalist, a podcast that aims to explore the various topics within the world of Minnesota natural resources, all while trying to capture great stories and talk to people about the environment. For this episode, we sit down with Becky Meyer, an extension educator with the Extension 4-H program, and discuss the development of an aquatic invasive species detection program geared towards local youth in Cook and San Luis counties. My name is Becky Meyer, and I'm an extension educator with the University of Minnesota Extension Center for Youth Development. What program are we talking about today specifically? The program we're talking about today is called Water Watchers Becoming an Aquatic Scientist. So what's the program about? Uh, Well, this program is a uh, six-week summer camp program, which was focusing on um, providing young people an opportunity to explore the environment through hands-on practical real-life application. Um, The one of the goals of the project was to increase their appreciation for natural resources and encourage them to share what they learn about aquatic invasive species with others. So really focused on getting young people introduced to what are aquatic invasive species and what is citizen science and how can they be involved. Okay, so those seem like some pretty major concepts to try to communicate to a younger you know, younger person, you know, first of all, citizen science and aquatic invasive species. So how, how did this program, you know, come to be? Like how, what was the process for putting together this, this program? So the interesting way that this came about is I have a colleague uh, who works in Lake County with the, um, the County 4-H program. Her name's Tracy Anderson. And we, um, she had mentioned that another individual who I know had been hired on recently in Lake County to be the Aquatic Invasive Species Coordinator. And Tracy had said she was interested in maybe exploring some opportunity that the three of us could work together. Um, and Tracy was familiar with some of my other work that is involved with citizen science. So we had the uh, Driven to Discover Citizen Science program, which was, you know, looking at can young people uh, be engaged in authentic citizen science, which was connected with our um, ag, food, and natural resource educators. Um, And so she was familiar with that and just said, hey, like, there might be this opportunity for the three of us to work together with the different roles that we play within the different institutions we represent. So after getting, I guess, the team together, what were like some goals that you wanted to set for the program initially? So I think some of the initial goals were just um, really to get young people out and in the environment. So would you say that's the main need that 
for those counties or um so i would say the like the need was really around the sort of this kind of gray area so if i step back there's the aquatic invasive species detector program that extension is um rolling out and it really focuses on engaging adults in doing the monitoring in their communities around aquatic invasive species and a lot of the um, educational supports and the protocols are really for adult audiences so with the experience with um, some of the earlier citizen science work and engaging youth and that's you know i work with youth in my sort of discipline um, it seemed like there might be an opportunity to test out can young people in learn these protocols to keep that scientific rigor with you know really identifying things at you know appropriately um, can they do it as well as adults and so part of it was to kind of test out to see what can young people do which is why we targeted the program to be older youth, uh, upper middle school to high school youth. Actually, it was um, youth who had completed sixth grade through, you know, sixth grade and older, figuring kind of middle to middle school, like sixth grade to ninth grade, sixth grade to 10th grade would be our participant range that we were seeking to try it out and see how well could they do with the protocols. And it also helped, um, so the colleague who's the aquatic invasive species coordinator in Lake County, like one of her um, roles is to be working in the county and monitoring and looking for, are there aquatic invasive species or, and if so, where are they? And so this was a way to um, assist her to some, to some extent to get some more eyes in the county looking for aquatic invasive species and she was doing a lot of the education around that with the youth um, helping them to learn how to appropriately id and what the differences were between some native or something that might be invasive that they would find so our question for the young people was really around you know is there aquatic invasive species are they present or absent? That was really simply what we were asking young people to do. So they looked at vegetation and other organisms to determine whether they're present in the lake or not. So after establishing the original question being, you know, can younger people take this on? And then finding that application with the aquatic invasive species coordinator and the work she was doing, um, what were some specific goals that you and your team set out to, you know, kind of figure out? So one of the things, if you think about sort of just the general population, young people are hopefully out and exploring and, uh, you know, participating outdoors and what a variety of different activities. Um, so in this effort to help them have a some knowledge about what just what is citizen science? What are invasive species? What are these aquatic invasive species that we're looking for? And then having them have an understanding of, you know, they're in the county where we were working. Um, for the most part, they are absent from that county, which is a great thing. But the likelihood is that we will see more of them coming into the county. But that's what the monitoring is for: is to assess 
they're not here and then they're here and sort of to mark that change um, and to help have an understanding for how quickly that can happen, which we had a couple of examples of some different lakes that we went to where there hadn't been in any invasive species. And then over a very short course of time, it went from having, you know, native populations to now overrun with, uh, you know, an invasive species. So um, I guess when uh, we were thinking about it, it was really about if young people are out and, you know, exploring in the outdoors, they may actually perhaps more quickly identify like, hmm, this is interesting and, and be able to help to, you know, to determine that this isn't something that's been here before, kind of that discovery of something. So where maybe for adults, uh, we pay attention, but we don't always pay attention to those you know, closer, finer kind of details. So we might overlook something that you know, just sort of assume it's always been there where a young person may be more inquisitive and curious. Um, we tend to lose that as we get older. So that was part of the thinking too. And that they could then, you know, help to share what they were learning in the camp with their parents and with other community members and just talk about the importance of, you know, why, why it's important to sort of pay attention to some of those changes that are happening around us. Yeah, so you have an interesting situation where um, you're teaching these kids about invasive species, aquatic invasive species specifically, uh, and you want them to be out there and making observations, but ideally you'd like them to not find anything. Exactly. That also provided a challenge too, because in the county where we were working, because, you know, there are not very many places where the invasive species have been identified or have, you know, been found yet. Um, when you, uh, and during the experience, when we'd go to a lake where there aren't invasive species, um, we had to come up with some other interesting uh, educational pieces to sort of keep them, you know, um, interested and engaged in the, the program that was happening. Because part of it is, you know, you teach them these are the things, and it's a good thing that they're not here, but then you also, uh, if you're not finding those things, it may become discouraging as a participant because, well, they're not here, so why are we looking for them if we know they're not here? But it's that monitoring piece that's helpful to notice when that change may happen. Right. So, you know, just that fact alone that this isn't a major hotspot as of now for aquatic invasive species, you know, it was a bit of a challenge when it came to developing like a curriculum that, you know, was immersive and, you know, kind of touched on every point that you wanted to get across to, mm -hmm. these, to these kids. Um, were there any other challenges uh, that kind of um, you didn't think of originally or kind of popped up midway through? Um, I think that was probably the, the biggest challenge was just, you know, what do you, you know, how do we keep them engaged when we know where we're going? We aren't going to necessarily find anything. I mean, there's always a chance we might have, you know, that they might identify or find something, but we knew some places we were taking them, they wouldn't find anything, which is why we brought in some of the other dimensions to the program. So we included things like, um, you know, some outdoor recreation. So they got to, 
you know, put on some personal flotation devices and go out in a canoe and paddle around and, and do some of the, um, uh, use some of the different tools to assess water quality and so forth. So we brought in some other aspects to keep them um, engaged during the time that we were together. And then they got to just, you know, swim when we were at the lake and <laughs> some things like that too. It seemed like a great way to spend your afternoons. Yeah. Um. And we were out in all kinds of weather. So, you know, uh, we had rain and fog the first couple of sessions. And then we had beautiful, you know, 80 degree sunshine filled days. And we kind of had everything in between. So, um, and we still went out and did the, you know, the different um, research, I guess along the way, you know, looking for whether there were any aquatic invasive species or other, what, what other interesting things they might identify. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they would find, um, you know, discarded bottles mm -hmm. in, the, in the lake bottom. And so they would work to retrieve those out. And sometimes that would, you know, turn up something interesting that was inside the bottle. And so it's fun. Okay. Um, now going off that, you know, the goal was for them to be able to identify these aquatic invasive species, you know, as as one of the major goals, but I'm sure part of it was also giving them an opportunity to just be outdoors and, mm -hmm. like you mentioned, just, you know, just enjoying it. Um, did you use any other measure? Like, did you have a solid plan for t keeping track of progress was, you know, they didn't get tested or anything, did they? No, there wasn't any tests along the way as far as the identification piece. We did, um, we did do a, you know, I'd say kind of the building blocks to like, you know, we started with, um, you know, first off they needed, the, we have, so we had two different sites. We had a group in two harbors and then a group up in Finland and those two groups operated separately over the six weeks. We started with you know, who are we here together as a group and, you know, worked on building sort of that group dynamics and a team because, you know, scientists and engineers work in teams and we wanted them to be able to develop those skills on how to work well with each other. So um, they had to know each other first and be able to, you know, identify with that peer group that they were, you know, going to be participating in this experience for the next six weeks. So we started there and then, you know, built in a base of like, what is citizen science? And we talked about what that was, you know, what is citizen science? And, you know, had they had any experience with that before coming into this program or not? And then we moved into what are the different ways we might come to understand aquatic invasive species? What are the different, so we talked about the different kinds of tools that they could use to um, help study the habitat and the lake health. And then um, at the end of the day, after they've done some of the, you know, used some of the different um, tools and went through different protocols, they could sort of at the end of the day in their, uh, you know, their little notebooks where they were keeping track of what lake they were at, what the weather was like, you know, just kind of a little diary of what was happening on that particular day at camp and what kinds of things they found in their, um, in their experience. Um, we had them, and then we would do reflection with them about that at the end of each session. And we would build on that from week to week to week. Um, and different lakes were targeted because of um, either we knew that there was something present there already, um, 
or um, we knew that there wasn't previously anything identified, but perhaps there might be something. So we tried to give them sort of a breadth of experience. And um, Sonia Smerud, who's the Aquatic Invasive Species um, Coordinator for Lake County, um, of course, was using the information from the Soil and Water Conservation District to help us identify like where could we potentially go and what makes the most sense to try and build this experience for the young people through that six weeks. Mm. So, um, and it worked really well. I mean, there are some things that we might um, adapt or do a little bit differently. Right. I was, I was going to ask about now that this particular session has kind of come to a close in the sense that you know this first batch of uh, students have gone through the process you know have you you know come back reanalyzed re re the original plan and kind of come up with some new goals for the future of the program in terms of expansion or um, how to deal with um, the smaller population that type of thing yeah so we have um we have met and done some debriefing debriefing and talking about what um you know some of the things what what do we feel worked really well uh where were some places w that we would like to make improvement um and how might we consider this you know for next summer and what that might look like um one of the things that we um and that I'm thinking about more um, deeply is about how um, what worked really, really well is that we had um, an individual who is um, really knowledgeable within the Soil and Water Conservation District with that role of being the Aquatic Invasive Species Coordinator. Uh, and that proved to be really valuable um, because she could uh, lay out a lot of the the information related to aquatic invasive species and also just in general in the context of Lake County and in the context of the different lakes that we visited. Um, and also just um, a wealth of information about the different organisms and plants and so forth that were um, and help the young people really work through IDing, you know, the identification process for those different things that they were finding. Um, and so that's really, really valuable. So, and then, you know, um, the county program coordinator also was really valuable in helping to um, sort of take care of the kind of the youth development stuff. And, you know, how do we um, make sure that um, we have participants that are, you know, taking care of like all the risk management for the different types of activities and stuff. So part of what we've been thinking about is in regards to replication in other communities, what are some of those key pieces that we, you know, would really need to be in place so other people could do a similar kind of program. And so we're still kind of teasing out some of those pieces, um, but it does seem having someone who's really knowledgeable about aquatic invasive species um, or that connection with the scientist, you know. Um, so what we talked about for next summer is um, an individual like Sonia who was really instrumental and she was at every one of the sessions. It's a lot of time over the course of the summer, uh, which um, was great that she could invest that way, um, but she may not be able to make that same kind of investment next summer. So we talked about trying to identify, are there some other researchers and scientists, whether they're with Parks and Recreation or whether with the DNR, or with um, 
you know, some of her colleagues and so on water, could they, if we are continuing with that six-week six span, could we identify different individuals who bring that content piece into the experience instead of having one person, you know, be that thread through all six weeks? So some different things like that we've been having discussion around. Yeah, I mean, it'd be really cool to see um, just a rotating cast but a rotating group of, of educators being able to you know, put their uh, expertise into play with this program mm-hmm. and so that would rely on you know one of the other pieces we talked about um, you know the county 4-H program coordinator did a great job too at sort of group dynamics and and you know uh, you know, being a support person role to you know the aquatic invasive species coordinator and we've also talked about how um, you know high school biology teacher could you know perhaps make a similar kind of investment and want to work with young people on different research projects over the summer so there's so we're trying to think about how could we um you know scale to a different level and get more kids actually out doing this kind of thing because it's really great to see young people when they're immersed in that environment doing that kind of work and they're working with each other and so um you know we we got a really good group in both Two Harbors and Finland, but um, both groups were relatively small, which made it really manageable. So we didn't have to have lots of canoes at the boat landing to mm-hmm. go out and get that recreation experience. And so, you know, some of the challenges that come with if you have a group of 30, there are some of the risk management things that need to be identified. But if you could have, um, you know, smaller cohorts with, those key supports within each of the cohorts and they could be across you know multiple communities having similar experiences um, like on a large scale that'd be pretty cool to see but trying to to you know put the different identify what are those key pieces so that it's doable and um, done effectively for that kind of experience we saw this summer that's what we're working on yeah i mean those are some pretty big ambitious goals mm-hmm. and I'm sure um, this program, you want it to evolve into something that, you know, can be taken to different communities and applicable. And I'm just thinking about um, how high school is such an awkward time mm-hmm. for a lot of youth. Um, and just having that program that might be something that just gets you out and about with with a group of other uh, younger kids that are just, yeah, let's talk about invasives today. I yeah. feel like that's just a, something really really important um especially at that stage yeah absolutely in your your high school career so absolutely um, well and in this case in both cases in both camp experiences the young people did make discoveries of an aquatic invasive species that wasn't otherwise known to be where it was found so it was kind of cool that they also not not just that they were learning about it, but they actually made these discoveries that you know have now been logged, and you know, um, so they're contributing to this scientific knowledge, which I think is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I'm just picturing them being like excited on the boat and then being bombed at the same time. It's like, yeah, man, <laughs> we didn't want to see this today, yeah. but we learned something. So, yeah. um. Going off that, what tools have you um, used to try to get feedback from the students themselves? So we did reflection at the end of each session right. to try and 
determine, you know, how well the, the way things were structured, um, worked for them. And, uh, you know, and then of course you just sort of read the group too, like, oh, this isn't going, uh, as well as we'd like. So we need to change dynamics here and, you know, bring something else in, uh, while you're in the process of the program delivery. Um, but we did do reflection at the end of each session. And sometimes we might start with a little bit of reflection, um, you know, just drawing back to what we had done in the week prior or up to that point. Um, and then at the very end, we did, um, an end of program evaluation with them just to sort of get a better sense of, you know, what were their, um, kind of their pre-knowledge coming into the program and then where are they at the end of the program and assess, you know, just sort of getting their, their accounts of what they thought was valuable in the program and the experience. Hmm. And then just, you know, one-on-one conversations, of course, um, as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it was a really, it was, it was a real treat just to see where they started and where they ended up, right? Just yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, they came in as kind of just, oh, I'm interested. And then coming out being like, oh, we made some discoveries and, and you know, I learned something that was outside of school. I mean, I did voluntarily, so. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's really cool. And then we also try, I mean, I guess one of the, the learning lessons for us is, the ones who were implementing is that we had a range of young people in regards to their own experience, but also developmentally, they were different too. So we had a few who were on the younger side at that completed sixth grade or seventh grade uh, with a few who were on the other end of the spectrum who had, you know, completed ninth grade and 10th grade. And so just because of that spread in the ages, um, there are different kinds of um, knowledge and own personal experience that came into it. And so um, sometimes things came a little bit easier for our young people who were in that older side of the range of the, you know, and so um, they sometimes then would become um, almost like a mentor role model to the younger youth, but they are all pretty much in the experience together um, and they identified different roles because of that you know they each brought their own talents and skills into the experience and so that's one of the things that I see in looking at the evaluations is that there's some skill development that I think like they're comfortable with what we did this summer but maybe they haven't had as much practice to really have high comfort in some of what we were doing this summer so that's where I could see there's some continued efforts we could do in working with this, with the youth who were participants this past summer. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting considering, you know, I don't, I don't think there, that opportunity to interact with higher, I don't know, upperclassmen is, is that available for a lot of, you know, sixth graders, you know, hanging out with the cool kids, the high school kids <laughs> and, and in such an environment, you know, I think that's, that's a rarity. I don't know, at least from where I came from, but, um, and that's also, you know, a noted reason why it was really important to do some of that team building on the front end, too, because, you know, I could see uh, if you're on the younger side, you may be intimidated by those older youth participants. Right, right. Um, so it was good to um, to be able to see them interacting really as a team. You know, it wasn't like the younger ones deferred to the older ones mm-hmm. or um, anything like that. So they really did work to bring out the skills and talents that they each had. So 
and that would play out when we were at the different um, sites going through the experience where they kind of naturally found what they were most interested in and also maybe where they felt the most comfortable but then we would push them too to be outside those comfort zones as well hmm. so going off that is there a particular moment or, or just memory uh, throughout the whole program that kind of just sticks out as just being like well that was that was really cool yeah. there are um a couple of um experiences that I had with the program, um, specifically one with each of the different groups that we worked with. So um, what was pretty awesome is when I was out working with the Two Harbors group, uh, we went out to um, one of the lakes where we were, you know, going to do our study. And uh, there were a couple of kayakers who were out on the water. And we didn't know them, but when they came into the the dock that we were at and getting all set up, it turned out that that was one of the individuals with the Lake County um, Soil and Water Conservation District. Like I think she's a board on the board or whatever, and so she was pretty excited to meet this group of young, you know, youth in the county and to learn about what they were doing there that morning and um and then the, the she and the other um kayaker friend who was with her the two women stayed and they kind of just watched as the youth were talking about you know what they were doing and why they were doing it and so that was pretty cool to see them interacting kind of that cross-generation interactions and it turned out to be somebody who you know was with water and soil just happenstance that um we ended up seeing them at that particular boat landing which was I thought pretty fun because yeah, then it you know, yeah and then uh, with the other group um, they I met them at um, their site and they had already been to the site um, and had already done some of the study stuff that they were going to be doing and I arrived in rural middle of nowhere Lake County to this lake and you know i was trying to figure out you know are they out on the water are they like on the shoreline am i in the right place or am i do i need to find them somewhere else on the lake and um there was a a canoe that was coming up to the landing as i was going down to it and you know i didn't think i actually like the the adult who was in the canoe with the young kids i didn't think was our group um but it turned out that the the young people who were in the canoe were our participants in the camp and they were hey Becky <laughs> you're here and super excited to see me and I had had um I'd had one earlier interaction with them so I think this was like week three that I was meeting them at the land you know at the water and um I thought it was pretty cool that like I felt like I had already made this connection with them that first week and that you know I was this caring adult that they were like welcoming me into that experience with them so um, and so I thought that was pretty cool. They were out collecting rusty crayfish, which was pretty amazing too, on a lake that 10 years earlier, two had been found. And now all the native crayfish are absent from the lake. They haven't found any in a number of years. So, mm. but so that, I mean, that's an interesting case study on its own. Just being like, this is what you might observe within your involvement with aquatic invasive species. Mm -hmm. Is there a specific place whether online 
where interested parents or just interested youth could check out for more info or is it kind of still in the works? I would say um, that a good resource um, related to citizen science is actually on um, the Ag Food and Natural Resources Extension environment page where you can find more information about the, um, the, the D2D project that I mentioned earlier, which was, you know, helping young, creating these teams for young people to get involved in citizen science efforts. And um, that might be a good place to start. Um, another place might be, um, of course, uh, within our 4-H youth development, um, STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math um, website page. Um, there's limited information there around citizen science efforts, but it's kind of emerging. I think that as we get more of this put together, um, there'll be some more representation on the web. Of course, anyone can always reach out to me and I'd be happy to talk about the various resources and try to make connections in their local communities um, or where to look in the local community for some stronger connections if they're interested in trying to put something together like this. That wraps it up for this episode of The Mantralist. We've been talking to Becky Meyer about the Water Watchers program, a six-week summer program for youth focused on aquatic invasive species. To learn more about the Minnesota 4-H program, you can log on to www.extension.umn.edu forward slash youth. As always, my name is Santiago Pelaez, and thank you for listening. Have a great day.